0: 85-year-old Caleb reminded himself of this, the Lord will be with me. It is the presence of God that gives the assurance that no matter what challenge I face, old or young, he is here, he knows me, he sees me, he loves me, he's promised me, he protects me, I'm going forward. And so can you see 85-year-old Caleb at the base of this mountain? He is about to go after it with courage,
1: and you can too. Welcome to Resonate with Trent Griffith, Senior Pastor of Harvest Bible Chapel in Granger, Indiana. I'm Aaron Paulus. So where do you picture yourself at 85 years old? By God's grace, I hope I'm serving the Lord with as much passion and strength in my 80s as I am in my 30s and 40s. Well, today, Pastor Trent continues with part two of the message, Old Faith, and teaches us how we, just like Caleb, can find significance and meaning well beyond the age of retirement. So open now to Joshua chapter 13 as we continue in the Onward series. Here's Pastor Trent. Verse 10, see it? And now, Caleb says,
0: behold, the Lord has kept me alive. Just as he said these 45 years since the time that the Lord spoke his word to Moses while Israel walked in the wilderness. And now, behold, I am this day 85 years old. I love what it says there in verse 10. The Lord has kept me alive. Alive. Caleb understood that he was not alive by chance. Caleb was alive by providence. If you are old and God has kept you alive for this day, do you know what that means? This day has a divine purpose. If you've not lived your life for the purposes of God, you can think this day has no meaning. This day has no purpose. Not Caleb. Caleb understood that his life, his years, his remaining days had purpose and significance. But do you know why old people lose their purpose? Is because they mistakenly believe that that day and that year that you were kept alive was to be spent on yourself. And pretty soon when the aches and the pains and the illnesses and all the different problems that come with getting older, and somehow we think, I don't deserve this. And we begin to think about how hard it is to get old. We become self-absorbed and we begin to isolate ourselves and wall ourselves off and, and all we do is run through our minds the list of complaints we have about how hard this day was or how hard this year has been and we lose the sovereign purpose for which God gave the day. It's not to be spent on yourself. If you don't want to get old, then don't live your life for yourself. Spend those years that God has given, spend those days pouring out not expecting everybody else to be pouring in. And so he says here in verse 11, incredible statement. Notice what he says. I am as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. You can be as spiritually strong or stronger today, even as you become physically and mentally weaker. And do you know what happens when you get physically and mentally weaker you lose your ability to fake your spirituality I've made this observation about older people maybe it's just me but let me see if I can get any confirmation have you noticed that as people get older they either get sweeter or grumpier (laughs) but they seldom stay the same I don't know about you, I want to be sweeter and not grumpier, the older I get. If you're getting grumpier, you need to be spiritually stronger, even as you become physically and mentally weaker. Faith, old faith, grows stronger over time. And then this, old faith is fueled by new vision. Old faith is fueled by new vision. Look at verse 12. Caleb asked Joshua for a request in verse 12. So now give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day how the Anakim were there. Those were giants in the land, okay? That doesn't seem to bother Caleb at all. They had great fortified cities. And he said, it may be that the Lord will be with me. And I will drive them out just as the Lord has said. And so Caleb realizes that God has made a promise in his 40s that he has not yet seen fulfilled. And so in his 80s, he's got fresh, new vision. Listen, there is nothing more powerful than an old man with a fresh vision. And he sees something through the front windshield that he is going after. And by the time you're that age, you are not scared anymore because you know that whatever could kill you just gives you an upgrade on the other side in glory, right? If you're that close to it anyway, what have you got to lose, right? And so he goes after the hardest challenge possible. He's not content to sit on the sidelines and let everybody else do the fighting. The older you get, the more you'll be tempted to say, I have fought the battles. I have served my time. It is time for some of these young people to get in there and do the fighting. Have you ever been tempted to say that? By God's grace, not around here. There is a noticeable absence of grandmas and grandpas holding babies in the nursery. And I know what you're thinking. If you knew how many diapers I've changed, you would understand that I have reached my quota. But for some of you that understand what old faith looks like, what you're going to say is, you know what? I'm going to get in there and I'm going to fight the battle. I'm going to engage a challenge and do something that maybe requires some time and some energy and some mental exercise and some emotion and some mess. And I am going to serve the Lord with the availability that God has given me. And that would be the least of a challenge that some of you. Uh, last night when, when I did that little exercise of having the older people stand, there was, there was a man that stood up. He's 85 years old. And I am, one of these days, I'm gonna get a phone call that tells me that Dave Starks has died at the age of 115 in Thailand or China or the Philippines because the man will not stop going on mission trips. The man will not stop trying to reach unreached people with the gospel. That's the example of a man who is fueled by a vision. And he's not gonna use the excuse that he's old to stop serving and see the promise fulfilled in his lifetime that the Great Commission would be accomplished, not around him, but through him. May May God give us all that kind of faith fueled by the vision. Listen, old is not determined by the number of years lived. Old is determined by the percentage of your life that you've used for God. And if you have used a little bit of that life to serve God, you're getting old fast. Some of you are in your 20s and you are old because you're not living your life for the purpose that God has given all of your availability, all of your heart. So what would it look like for you to pray the same kind of prayer that Caleb prayed? give me this hill country. He had his eyes on a territory. And just like what God said to Joshua, you're old and advanced in years, but there remains still very much territory for you to possess. Now for those guys, it was actually literal geographic plots of land that God wanted them to go after. For most of us, that's probably not what God wants us to possess, but it could be things like this. How about praying a prayer like this? God, would you give me more holiness? I'm not yet a finished product. There is so much unfinished business for you to do in my life. So often my flesh seems to dominate, and I'm so dissatisfied with what comes out of me half the time. Here's a verse. Write this down. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. Listen to it. Since we have these promises, sound familiar? This is New Testament. Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of the Lord. Do you get up every day with the idea that I am going to possess more holiness by the time this day is done and pray that the God, that God would bring a completion to that which he started that's what we call the doctrine of sanctification that we don't try to be holy in order to obtain salvation that because we've obtained salvation We want to see God bring more holiness to completion in our lives. That's the prayer of every genuine believer, that not somehow I would just kinda get in to heaven, but before I get into heaven, I was looking much like Jesus as possible so that when I see him, I recognize him, he recognized me because there's a resemblance. That's our prayer, give me more holiness, or how about this, give me more love. The fact of the matter is some of us are pretty grumpy. And we're easily annoyed and people are a bother and life is hard because you expect everybody else to love you and you invest very little of your energy attempting to love other people, especially people who are hard to love. God, would you give me the ability to love, even in the hardest circumstances, in the hardest situations, to love my spouse, to love my family, to love my neighbor, to love my enemy, to love my church, and even my pastor that won't get off my case about serving. <laughs> give me more love. Give me more influence. Just because I'm old doesn't mean that I can't have influence around me. As a matter of fact, you're probably going to meet people in that season of life that you didn't have time to meet in an earlier season of life. God, help me to influence them for the gospel, to not be ashamed of the gospel and not my identity as a Christian. I want to be a patriarch in my family to influence the next generation and the generation under that. And if I live long enough to see my great grandchildren, may they be influenced by my faith, influenced by my prayers. I want to multiply myself. Listen, you are not done with your life until you have replaced yourself. Don't you die in this church and leave some big hole You serve so well in this lifetime, but you didn't raise anybody up after you and duplicate yourself. That's what we need to be a part of. That's called making disciples. The multiplication of ministry is so great to know that another church called Harvest Bible Chapel has been planted on the other side of the world. Well, what are we doing? We're multiplying our influence in the world. And today there's an influence in Kenya in a place that I may never get to go but we're influencing others around us. And then this, give me more intimacy with God. Do you know what you have as an older person many times you didn't have as a younger person? You have freedom over your schedule. You have freedom over your time. But what are you using that schedule and that time for? The time to sit and to contemplate and spend extended hours with God in prayer, in the word, and understanding parts of the Bible that that maybe you've never dug into give me more intimacy with God and then this give me more ministry what does ministry look like for some of you it's a ministry of prayer maybe as you've gotten older you've become immobile but just because you can't move doesn't mean you can't move God in your prayers A ministry of actually going, like our brother Dave, who is running around the country or running around the world trying to make disciples. Or for some of you, as you've gotten older, God has given you the ability to accumulate wealth. Not everybody has wealth at the end of their lifetime, but some of you have wealth. You've bought everything you can figure out to make you happy. You've still got leftovers, and the only thing that you can figure out to do with it is pass it on to your ungodly children. Um, If your children are ungodly, you might want to find a different place to invest so that what you leave behind continues to build the kingdom of God. And so what kind of ministry do you have even at that season of your life? Listen to what the New Testament tells us about old men. How many of you are sitting next to an old man right now? All right, there they are. So wake them up, wake them up. Here's what the New Testament says about old men. It says in Titus chapter two, verse two, older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, And in steadfastness, in other words, endure to the end. And if you do that, you're going to have ministry, you're going to have influence, and you're going to duplicate that in someone younger than you. How many of you are sitting next to an older... I wouldn't... we just won't go there, okay. An older woman. The New Testament says this, Titus 2, 3. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in their behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good to who? To train the younger women to love their husbands and love their children. Older ladies, let me tell you, in our church, there is a population of young moms who are pulling their hair out because their children are pulling their hair out. (laughs) They're doing the best they can with the information that they have, but quite honestly, they do not know what they're doing with their children, and if they figure that part out, they've gotta look at a husband that doesn't know what he's doing. So how are they going to learn to love their children, to love their husbands, to stay married for a lifetime, that marriage is still honorable in the sight of God, and it's to be protected, where are they going to learn that? It should be coming from older men investing in younger men and older women investing in younger women. And if you have no vision for that, would you please hold a baby in the nursery so that mom can come in here and I can teach her a few things? That's the way we work as a body. Give me more. I'm not satisfied with what I have less. And then this, old faith faces future challenges with courage. In saying this, I realize that as a younger man, I, I may be, you may think I, you're insensitive to the fact that it, it hurts to get old. It's hard. I, I, I get that. In a sense, I feel some of the oldness creeping in very much. I want you to see what Caleb's attitude was about that in verse 12. He had some enemies. He said, There were these Anakim that were there and these great fortified cities, but here was his solution to to the challenges. It was his mindset about God. The Lord will be with me. And I will drive out them just as the Lord says. It was his faith that made him strong in the face of old enemies. Do you have the faith to grow old with courage and not say, I'm going to sit on the sidelines where it's safe and expect everybody else to serve me? I don't know about you. As I've thought about getting old, I, 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 to be honest, with you, I'm not looking forward to that. This message is helping me. But for me, it's not, I'm not scared of getting old. I'm scared of getting old alone. I don't want to be alone in those years. But what does the promise say in this passage? 85-year-old Caleb reminded himself of this, the Lord will be with me. It is the presence of God that gives the assurance that no matter what challenge I face, old or young, he is here he knows me, he sees me, he loves me, he's promised me, he protects me, I'm going forward. And so can you see 85-year-old Caleb at the base of this mountain? He is about to go after it with courage, and you can too. I took our pastoral staff to uh, Louisville, Kentucky. We spent three days at a conference called the Together for the Gospel Conference. And it was a gathering of 10,000 pastors. And uh, some of our great heroes were there, in the, and some of those that are, that are fighting the battles on the front line, men like John MacArthur, men like uh, Matt Chandler and Al Mohler, and, and John Piper. And I remember as uh, John Piper was about to preach, uh, one of these men got up to introduce John Piper, and, and this is the way he introduced him. They said, uh, I'm sure that for all of us, we can remember the moment in our minds when we either read something John Piper wrote or heard something John Piper said that rocked our world. And when he said that, All these 10,000 pastors just kind of turned to their buddies sitting next to them. Do you remember what? Yeah, I remember. Do you remember? And we all started quoting John Piper, all these 10,000 guys. And I certainly was like, yeah. And I remember the first time I heard a message from John Piper. He was preaching to a crowd of about 5,000 college students. At the time, he was about 50 years old. And um, he told a story about how he had picked up a Reader's Digest, and he read a story entitled The American Dream. And the story in the Reader's Digest told about this couple in their 50s that retired early. And they moved to Punta Gorda, Florida, where they spent their days playing golf, softball, and collecting shells and John Piper in a way that only John Piper can do. Looked at those 5,000 college students and said, that's a tragedy! What are these people going to do as they approach the throne of God? Look, Lord, my shells! From that moment on, I thought, I am never going to retire on God. (laughs) And I think those 5,000 college students have changed the world since the 20 years that he preached that. How about you? Is that your American dream? Is to find a cushy little life where there are no challenges? And let the young people do the fighting and let the young people do the serving and let the young people do the church planting and the church building and the discipling. Not here. Here's the fifth thing. Old faith leaves a lasting legacy. Look at verse 13. Then Joshua blessed him, and he gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephthuna, for an inheritance. And then verse 14, the second part, it says, because he wholly followed the Lord. In case you missed it the first two times they said it in this paragraph, God wants to remind us that the key to his life is that he wholly followed the Lord. What's going to be on your tombstone I think I know what was on Caleb's. He wholly followed the Lord. For those of you that are getting older, have you thought about what the preacher's going to say at your funeral? Please don't make me lie, <laughs> to say nice things about you. Give me a resume to work from. Man, I don't have enough time to say all the stuff he accomplished for God. That's what Caleb's resume was. And then look at the last part of verse 15. And the land had rest from war. That statement kind of summarizes the next chapter of Scripture. Don't take time to read it now, but guess what? 85-year-old Caleb engaged the enemy. He fought the fight, and guess who won? Caleb won by faith. And as a result of Caleb fighting that battle, listen, the next generation didn't have to. What's going to be your legacy? Rest or war? Because an entire generation has retired on God, the next generation is going to have to fight some battles because you sat on the sidelines. It's time to engage the enemy. It's time to get off the sideline. It's time to get out of the rocking chair, if you are able, and to fight the good fight and leave the legacy of godliness that Caleb left. You know what? Some of you of the younger generation are sitting back like, man, Pastor Trent's really getting that older generation today. I'm so glad he's not targeting me. <laughs> Listen, the. The next person who has a funeral in this room will probably not be Carl. It probably won't be the oldest among us. None of us know how many days we have. Every day is a gift from God. Are you ready to stand before God and give an account of your life? Here's the truth of the gospel. Jesus stands ready to offer eternal life talk about old, eternal life to all who would repent and believe the gospel. Jesus Christ lived 33 years, and he lived a life wholly devoted to God, so much so that he gave his life, he lived his life and gave his life for sinners like you and me who want to live eternally with God. Have you taken your first step of faith? Have you cultivated faith from start to finish? Maybe for the first time today it's all clicked for you and you're just like, man, I've been living my life for myself. God created me and this day for Him. No matter how many years we have left, God, it all belongs to you. Is that your heart? It's your attitude? Why don't we just pray right now and Just make that your prayer. He knows where you're at. He knows your challenges. He knows your struggles. He knows your aches. He knows your pains. But he hears your prayer. And maybe instead of asking God to remove an obstacle, why don't you ask God to engage you in the fight so that you will leave a lasting legacy of
1: godliness. No matter how old or young you are, now is the perfect time for a new start. Have you turned to the Lord in faith and repentance? Like Pastor Trent Griffiths shared at the end of today's message, the good news of Jesus Christ is that he came, he lived the perfect life, and died to pay the penalty for your sin so that you could experience forgiveness and eternal life through him. I trust that if you haven't already, you will make that decision to trust Him today. You're also welcome to visit us at Harvest Bible Chapel, Granger for one of our weekend worship services. This Sunday at either our Granger, Indiana campus or our St. Joseph, Michigan campus. Locations and service times can be found on our website, harvestgranger.org. Well, thanks for joining us today. I'm Aaron Paulus and I hope that God's Word will resonate in your heart and mind this week. Resonate is a radio ministry of Harvest Bible Chapel Granger. Visit us online at harvestgranger.org.